Welcome to X Chateau. X Chateau. The podcast that navigates the business of wine with unique perspectives and insights. With your host, Robert Vernick and Peter Young. Welcome to this episode of X Chateau. Today, our guest is Michael Haney, the executive director at Sonoma County Vintners. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm thrilled to be here. I was wondering if you could give us a little context. So obviously, Sonoma is a fairly large county, and I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about how different or how unique it is, especially in comparison to its neighbor, Napa Valley. I was wondering if you could give us a little background on Sonoma. Sure. You know, Sonoma County, as you said, is a very broad, very large county. You know, it's about an hour from San Francisco, and it encompasses over a million acres here, but only 6% of those acres are actually in vineyard. So we have lots of forests, lots of pasture land as well here in Sonoma County. It's obviously a beautiful place to live and work. But one of the things that when we talk about wine region and so forth in Sonoma County that people don't know is we have 18 different growing AVA regions within Sonoma County. And each one of those possesses their unique character, their unique personality, their unique diversity here, whether they're in the coast or up in the mountains and so forth. So while it's a very broad county as a whole, you have these small sections and in growing regions of Sonoma County that makes up the total. So, like, obviously, Russian River is kind of famous for Pinot and Chardonnay and Dry Creek for Zinn and Alexander Valley for Cab. What do you think is the overall Sonoma's, like, hallmarks or calling card for what makes it a unique region or county? Absolutely. That's a great question. And one of the things that Sonoma County is known for is family-owned wineries, family-owned vineyards. Over 85% of our vineyards are family-owned here in Sonoma County. So that's a real calling card here. And our authenticity here in Sonoma County is really well-known. But also, of course, for our craft and artisanal winemaking, the small family winemaking that goes on here. Of course, as I mentioned, the number of AVAs that we do have with all of its uh, interesting characteristics. But probably more importantly, than anything uh, I touched on a little bit is the diversity that we have here in Sonoma County. And if you look at that in a wine meaning, not only do we have diversity in growing regions, but we have diversities in wine varietals. We grow over 60 different wine varietals here in Sonoma County. But within the varietal itself, we have great diversity. As you guys know, for example, if you go and enjoy a wonderful Pinot from the coast, it's going to be different from a Pinot Noir in the heart of Russian River Valley and so forth. So you have that fantastic diversity, whether it's in Pinot, whether it's in Chard, whether it's in Cabernet, here within that varietal across Sonoma County. Yeah, I mean, Sonoma Coast is a great example because Sonoma Coast, even as a sub-EV, is like half. I mean, it goes really far up. It's like half the county. And, and Sonoma is so much bigger than Napa in a grand scheme. So when, when like, there's so many different, like, if you're in the south of Sonoma Coast versus the North, there's some dramatic differences in terroir and climate in terms of like if you're up where Hirsch is versus down where like Occidental, like there's some substantial differences. And I'm curious, and is there a plan to divide up these different calling cards a little bit more clearly for the consumers? Because I think sometimes uh, when someone sees Sonoma Coast on a label, they may not know what they're getting exactly because it's such a large group. No, that's a great point. And, and I've heard that from consumers before. Because we have 18 different growing regions, sometimes it can really bring a little bit of confusion to a consumer in regards to the marketing aspect. What we do as Sonoma County Vendors is we market Sonoma County as a whole first, and then, of course, get into those idiosyncrasies of each growing region. And we do find 
that consumers are interested in those differences in growing regions. And it's up to us to make sure that we focus that message because the message can be too broad sometimes for consumers from each 18 different growing regions. So to make sure that we bring out just those focused talking points for those particular regions, as well as, of course, market the whole as well. For example, as we all know, Sonoma County, our vineyards are 99% certified sustainable. That's across the whole county. So I think it's important to bring a combination of marketing the whole versus making sure that we give some good talking points for those individual AVAs as well. So that's great. Yeah, I definitely think like domestically, probably, or at least in the regionally in terms of California, helping consumers dial in what they're actually tasting because they can go visit that location a little easier versus nationally or even globally giving the message. Like what is the, how would you differentiate that message in terms of the global? Like if someone from Germany's tasting a Sonoma wine. Like, what do you want them to know about Sonoma? You know, I wanted to know, uh, as we talked about earlier, first of all, our story, again, family-owned, family-managed, the small artesian uh, winemaking that goes on here. I do want them to know about the diversity of our county because that's an extremely important story to be told. And then, of course, about the quality of our wines and the passion that goes into them each and every day. Do you think that diversity story makes it more difficult, especially for non-Americans who aren't familiar even with the geography of California to internalize. I think, mm-hmm. you know, maybe from an export basis, Napa might be simpler because it's so monocultural, right? It's Napa Cabernet. How does that diversity play with particularly export markets? You know, I think what we found, and I've had uh, time over in Japan and other places talking about our wines, it's actually something that we found intrigues the consumer a lot because it is different. So they go and enjoy a Sonoma County Pinot Noir, unlike maybe other regions, which is a little bit more across the board, doesn't have the diversity within that varietal. They're intrigued by pouring them two or three or four different pinots from different areas. They're intrigued about the difference in taste, the difference in mouthfeel and so forth. And then they want to know more. It really starts their education right then and there. So we found it to be more of a door opening type of thing than anything with consumers. Interesting. And focusing back on Sonoma County Vintners, where you're focused on getting the message of the county as a whole, what's the mission and overall purpose of Sonoma County Vintners? Yeah, you know, our mission basically here at Sonoma County Vintners is to be the leading voice for our wine community. And if you look at Sonoma County Vintners, we're actually, in a way, three companies in one. We're a trade association that has all of those ramifications to it, the marketing components, the political advocacy components, the member services and programs, the continuing education, things of that nature. And then we're also an event production company as well. We produce the largest branding trade, and charitable benefits within Sonoma County. And then, of course, we're a charitable foundation as well. Our foundation last year alone, just in cash, put $4 million back into our Sonoma County community, working with over 85 nonprofits. So we touch a lot of lives in a lot of areas here. Wow. With that breadth, how do you define success for Sonoma County Vintners? You know, that's a, another good, a really good question. We gauge success by making sure that we're meeting the challenges that our wine community and our community as a whole exists. And of course, we've seen much of that, like so many people in the world through the pandemic. One of the things that we were told by our wine community is obviously when the pandemic hit, they had to lay off tasting room people. They had to lay off people like that. Well, we responded by making sure through our foundation that we created a fund to assist those people, whether it's fire related, of course, in, in our marketing 
understanding of that as well as responding to the needs of our community. We define success as making sure that we're meeting the needs of not only our wine community, but all those in our community that need assistance. And so we've heard that the Vintners is one of a quote-unquote trio with the Vintners, the Wine Growers, and Sonoma Tourism. How do you think about the differences between those organizations and are there overlaps in scope at all? Sure. It's an important concept and an important partnership here in Sonoma County. We work very closely with, for example, Sonoma County Grape Growers. That organization and their executive director and president, Chris Cruz, they really focus on the vineyards and grape growers. Where our organization, of course, focuses on wineries. And of course, you can't have one without the other. So it's a really important partnership there. There is some crossover in the sense that obviously some vineyard owners have wineries and so forth. But we partner almost every single day on a wide variety of scope, whether it be in assisting with vaccine scheduling as we're doing now or continuing education. We have an Earth Day seminar coming up that we'll partner with wine growers on. And then if you look at Sonoma County Tourism, whose real mission is to market Sonoma County as a whole to the world. Obviously, here in Sonoma County, vineyards and wineries are a huge part of that. So we collaborate with them on marketing programs as well, on media engagement. And even outside of those two other organizations, we partner quite a bit with Farm Bureau as well, who is an active and engaged partner here in Sonoma County. So those collaborations are critical to being able to respond to the needs of, again, not only our wine community, but our community as a whole. So I'm curious because a lot of the sub-AVAs also have their own kind of sub-regional organization that focus on like promoting the Petaluma Gap or the Russian River Valley. I'm curious on how you guys work with the sub-appellation or the smaller regional bodies that are kind of promoting a more narrowed instead of wineries. Yeah, it's important for us to be engaged with them to be able to assist them as well. We have obviously a number of committees here at Sonoma County Vintners, probably 15, 16 different committees. We have members of those AVA groups in our committees. We also support promoting their individual programs. They may have an event or an educational program that they want to get out there to the consumers or the trade. We'll surely help do that. We help them quite a bit with political advocacy, with permitting, things of that nature that they may not have the resources to do. We're happy to step in and be able to assist them in those areas. Yeah, I think it's really important for us to also make sure that we're helping promote that individual growing region's story, their history, because as I said earlier, we see com- uh, consumers now really becoming engaged and wanting to hear about those differences in those stories. So it's a great relationship to be able to partner with all of them and to be able to tell those individual stories. But again, and then we all, though, come back as a one singular unit to promote to Sonoma County. I think there's an old phrase, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all ships. So the better that our AVAs are doing, the better our county is doing. And so are your members only wineries? No, we actually have what we call affiliate members as well. And these are companies, for example, it could be barrel companies or it could be legal firms or it could be accounting or HR firms that interact with our wineries on a day-to-day basis, but really want to help support the wine community and the community as a whole. So we have a number of great supporting affiliate members. We talked about American Ag Credit um, before the show even. They're a spectacular affiliate member here for Sonoma County Vintners and key to our success. So we not only work with wineries, but other businesses within the community. And of the wineries in Sonoma County, how many and what percent of Sonoma County wineries are part of your organization? 
Yeah, that number is always a fluid number because it depends on how you define it. Is it a brick and mortar winery? Is it a virtual winery and so forth? But in all, we say roughly around 500 wineries here in Sonoma County, which we probably have close to 70, 75% of those wineries as members here in Sonoma County Vintners. And they range from large wineries that we all know the names of to literally mom and pop wineries here in our county. And so that's a good segue into the different, now that you've mentioned the scale of the different members, how does the business model work? So is it, you know, are you getting fees or samples or time commitments from the different wineries? And is it based by size or like, how are you, what's your business model like and how are you getting support from those wineries? Absolutely. We get support in so many different ways. In regards to fees, we get support through membership fees and those are based on uh, cases sold. So larger wineries would pay a little bit more than obviously a very small winery. And so that's one of the core ways that we uh, get income here. We do get income through event participation as well. And uh, we have our barrel auction, of course, which is a trade-only event, which helps raise money for Sonoma County Vintners. And then, of course, we work through a number of different, as I say, affiliate members and other businesses here in Sonoma County through sponsorship and partnership programs where they not only donate time and resources, but also financial assistance as well through sponsorships. So it's a kind of a multi-pronged. And of course, that's just for Sonoma County Vintners. If you go into our foundation side, which they are two separate entities. Our foundation side, of course, gets most of its financial assistance through our charity auction that we have each September. And two years ago, pre-pandemic, that auction raised about $6.1 million. 100% of that money that we raise at that auction, of course, stays right here in Sonoma County to fund all those charitable programs. And in terms of the sub-regional bodies that we talked about earlier, are I'm wondering if there's a conflict or just a resource investment from, I can imagine a winery may have vineyards in multiple locations and may need to basically pay for membership in like five or six organizations. And that could be, they could be forced to make some choices depending on their scale, of course. I'm curious on how do those things work together? Are there, is it just, is there exceptions if you're in multiples? Is there like a stacking concept with that, with the fees? Right. You know, we surely haven't heard of of a lot of conflicts in that regards. Fee structures are different for AVAs than us. And while there are some wineries, as you said, that have multiple locations and things like that, I think what they do is they target their main location and they may want to support, for example, Russian River Valley Grape Growers Association there. But then they also see, again, the county impact as a whole in the reach of Sonoma County Vintners, our organization, not only, of course, throughout our county, but internationally and across the United States. So I think that's a go-to membership for them. But it's important, as we said earlier, for all of us to work together. We want to support those AVAs. We want them here because they can really focus in and really help tell that story and that character and that personality of that individual AVA there. So I think it's a really great situation where you see wineries joining. We have, I would say, a, a majority of our members are also members of another AVA association. And so in terms of who Sonoma County Vintners is marketing to, who's your target audience? Is it mostly trade education or consumers or journalists? Yeah, it's, you know, it's all those. It's obviously trade in our engagement there. And we engage in many, many different ways through, as we talked about earlier, through marketing and promotions and continuing education and all those things. It's also consumers. We want consumers to know all about Sonoma County, what's going on, the impact that our wine community has, and of course, all the great promotions and offerings that our wineries have. So consumers is a a critical 
part of that. As you also said, the media. We do a lot of media engagement, and we think that's important to not only spread the word and message about Sonoma County across the nation, but internationally as well, as we've talked about. So media engagement is very important to us, and we want to develop even more of those partnerships as we go forward. And then, of course, one of our audiences, our community as a whole whether that's businesses and individuals outside of the wine community, our political leaders, but everyone involved in our community. It's important to engage everyone. If we want Sonoma County to be the best it can, we need everyone's involvement and we want to assist as many people as we can. So marketing and educating and promoting to not only trade, not only consumers, and of course the media, but all those members across our community, it's important. And is your messaging to each of those audiences have a different focus or emphasis? It surely would have a different emphasis sometimes, whether you're talking to trade versus a maybe a community leader sometimes. So the messaging can be different, but I think the, the overall or the core messaging is usually the same. Whether I'm talking to a trade person, I want them to understand the history, how Sonoma County is 85% family owned. I want the consumer to know that. I want the media to know that. And I surely want everyone to know the impact that our wine community has on our community And not just here, but on communities all across the United States. As we all know, wineries, whether they're in Sonoma or our friends in Napa or whatever, are donating to charitable events all over the world. So the wine community has an impact that's really global. And when you think about that global and the export focus, how do you think about branding Sonoma wines in that global context and especially, you know, American wines in general, but I know I've had some experience when I was at Costa Brown, our wines, by the time they hit Japan or something like that, cost as much as like Premier Cru Burgundy, right? Or even Grand Cru Burgundy in some cases. And that was a challenge because it hadn't established that reputation as Burgundy has. Yeah, I think, you know, in my experience internationally right now, the interest in, and I'll just speak for Sonoma County wines, is just on a spike. It's incredible right now, especially Pinot Noir, but other varietals as well. So, you know, we surely market, we surely give the same messaging in Japan or other countries as we do here in the States as well, because we found those consumers are just as interested in the history of our wineries, the history of our wine community, the the unique farming practices, the influence that the coast has on our growing regions, as consumers are in the United States as well. So some of that core messaging is the same. And we have seen dramatic interest. I know, you know, for the past few years, of course, Napa Valley Cab has done extremely well in uh, international markets. And we're seeing that interest now filter in not only to other varietals, but in Sonoma County wines as well. And we see more and more of our wineries all the time now increasing in getting their toes into that international market. It's an important market that we need to engage in. And so you said exports are rising. Are there particular markets where Sonoma is growing a lot more than others? Yeah, obviously Asia, Hong Kong, those markets we've seen a dramatic interest in and so forth. But really, pretty much across the board, if you look at interest now in a variety of international markets versus just three years ago, four years ago, we see those markets, whether it's in the Netherlands or, for example, we did an event two years ago uh, just before the pandemic, actually, in Canada and in Mexico. We see those, the interest in Sonoma County varietals going up dramatically in those areas as well. So across the board, Board, we're seeing that type of interest increase, but in particular, of course, the Asian markets have shown real interest. Sonoma County Vinters does a lot to promote the region. I'm curious if you could talk about some of the range of activities that you guys undertake in order to promote the wines. 
Sure, absolutely. Our team stays very, very busy, and I'm very proud of what they do. Obviously, one of our more forward-facing things we do are all of our events, whether it's the barrel auction that concentrates on trade, whether it's our consumer auction and charity auction in the fall, which is more consumer-oriented, or our Taste of Sonoma program, which has been one of the largest uh, branding programs and events in Sonoma County. You're looking at 2,500 people pre-pandemic. So those type of events, coupled with some other smaller events that we've done, and now you throw in, of course, the virtual component as well, are a very visible sign of marketing that Sonoma County Vintners does. But also, of course, as we talked about, media engagement is very, very important to us, whether we're bringing media here on tours, or we're going to media in New York or wherever it may be to educate them about not only specific events or what it may be, but the story of Sonoma County as well. So not only is it ever while a lot of people see the events that we do, the marketing programs, the media engagement, the marketing programs are, are some really fun things. We're getting ready to launch one that we call a road trip, which we're encouraging consumers to jump in that car. They can put on a road trip playlist that we put together for them and listen to that on the way out. And all sorts of great stops. It really makes it a fun thing. So all those fun type of marketing experiences, plus those major events, I think they all fit together perfectly to kind of be a really overall great picture for marketing of Sonoma County. Is there a wine swirling in the background on the playlist? <laughs> there better be. <laughs> well, our PR director, uh, Rosamund, has actually put out an email to our team. Give me those recommendations. It was fun to see everybody's, not only their suggestions, but many of them had a food and wine component to them. So, yes. <laughs> this is a song I do while I'm making food. I got it. Or while I'm driving to a winery. So, curious, you guys have some big name events and, you know, Taste of Sonoma, your wine auction, your barrel auction. I'm curious on what makes your events so much more successful than a lot of the other organizations' events that I've seen? I think, first of all, the credit goes to our team and to our vintners and our wine community. When we do an event, it's not only very well organized and very well attended from our participant standpoint from wineries, but one of the major things that we do is after the event, we engage consumers, we engage our wineries and say, this was a great day. It was a great event. We had great results. But how can we do it better? We're not going to sit back and just because an event did well and just say, hey, let's do that different or let's do it the same next year. We want to see how we can make it even better. And again, by having hundreds of wineries as members, we have a tremendous resource of great ideas out there. While I have a very talented team, we don't own all the great ideas. So by engaging that population and even consumers, we survey our consumers who come to our events and say, what'd you like? What'd you dislike? And I can tell you, we incorporate those changes each and every year and they get noticed. We get survey results all the time that we see that you did this. Thanks for listening. So I think listening to the participants and the people that donate to it and then being able to put those really great logistical suggestions to practice makes a world of difference. So we have some listeners who may actually be running some events or at PR organizations. I'm curious on, do you have some best practices or tips that you like to share that have improved the success of your events? You know, I think one of the best practices is, of course, as I just said, listen to those that are involved. That's maybe the big thing. If you think you know it all, you probably got a problem there. So listen to those people who are involved and then create a collaborative plan because great events are not just done by one organization. We could not do our Sonoma County Wine Auction without our corporate sponsors and partners, without our community leaders, without our wineries and without our AVAs. 
who are involved. So really growing those great collaborations to come into the event, whether it's a corporate partner who brings a unique resource, whether, I mean, we're talking right now to even other vendor associations in California about doing something collaboratively on a large basis down the road when we're able to do that. So I think those partnerships and those collaborations are critically important. And in sometimes people are a little nervous about reaching out to others to work with others because they think it's going to take too much time time or whatever it may be. But I can tell you by doing so, you open up your event to a lot more great ideas and a lot more chance of success. So as an example, I love the listening and taking that feedback and incorporating it. Could you walk me through an example of something where your participants had said, hey, we'd like to see this and then you guys have actually adopted it? Yeah, you know, we have done a taste of Sonoma for years pre-pandemic over the um, Labor Day weekend. So we were hearing two things. First of all, from vintners, obviously, that's getting close to harvest time. So it's a very busy time of year. So they were saying, is there a way to move it off that? And then, of course, it it can be a little warm at that time of year. So when we were the last year that we were able to do it pre-pandemic, one of the things we did is we heard the, the comments about it being a little too hot, too much sun, things like that. So we ended up covering the entire area that wineries were pouring at, and that's a really large area. But their impacts, it was great on them. And now, of course, we're looking at moving that day as we are this year to the June and in the, to the summer months right in there, getting it off a of harvest, making it where it's a little easier for our participating wineries to really engage and really plan for it and not have harvest right beating down on them when they're trying to do this major event. So those are just two examples right there. But I can tell you, we did a focus group after one of our last events, and we had 25 different suggestions that our group came up with, and we implemented 24 of them. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate having that very clear, those two clear examples of how you're making change with your events. So with all the hospitality closures that have happened, you know, during the pandemic, how have you changed your programming? You know, that's one of the things that a lot of our wineries talk about is how you know everybody uses the word pivot, of course, and but how we were able to do that. And we did it in multiple ways. For example, with our events, we were one of the first ones to have a virtual auction last May. There was no real model in how to do that, but we were able to plan that and execute that and be successful at it. So virtual events, of course, has been something that our team jumped on early. And of course, we wanted to continue that continuing education, which we would have seminars in person before the pandemic. All of that went virtual. So like so many people, virtual programming for us became a huge communication outlet for us, for our our members as well. But then even more than that, Sonoma County Vintners took the lead in developing reopening protocols community protocols for people who weren't even in necessarily the wine business, but those protocols even addressed for people that were, okay, so we've got the protocols for you to do when you're at work. What do you do once you leave work? So we develop protocols for them, whether it's the transportation aspect or whatever, as I got into some of our foundation assistance earlier. And now, of course, we're working with our partners at Wine Growers and Farm Bureau, and we're assisting with getting um, essential workers, ag workers, winery production people, getting vaccines. I can tell you we have been able to get thousands of vaccines into the arm of essential production workers and vineyard workers and ag workers in the past month. And while that was something that was surely wasn't on our plate and we didn't see coming, we were asked to do and we were able to pivot and get involved and get that done. And are there things that once, you know, the vaccines are out there and 
pandemic is basically over that you think will continue? Well, I think, you know, that's been one of the eye-opening things about that, not only for us as an organization, but for our winery members as well. I think you'll see those virtual programs, whether it's cooking demonstrations and wine pairings and so forth, continue. They've had great success with those. I think you'll see continuation of virtual sales meetings and things like that. It'll be interesting to see how it balances out between virtual and actually getting back on the road. But for us, we will obviously do a hybrid type of thing. We'll surely continue our virtual education because, for example, pre-pandemic, if we had our charity auction, we would have three, four, five hundred people under a tent. But and we can still do that when the real type of auctions come back to life. But we can also add that virtual component and reach the world as well. So I think you're going to see a hybrid model happen. Yeah, it's probably going to happen a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's clear. There's We're hearing from a lot of people, that uh, whether it's producers or trade organizations, that there's a lot of things that are here to stay. Now that once you, I mean, it's, it allows you to scale in a different way, your messaging. And so I am curious on how some of your events and your techniques have varied by either country or state. Like, how, do you market in California differently than you are to the rest of the country? I would say in general, no, because it's such a core, solid message. And I think that message reaches all audiences, all age groups. It doesn't matter if you live in Asia or Tennessee. We see at least the same type of questions, the same type of engagements from all those different consumer groups or potential sponsor partners and things like that. So we think uh, Sonoma County, as beautiful as it is, and, and with the quality of the wines that we have and the people out here, you know, I can take that message and go on any road or go to any country in the world. And it's a solid, attractive message to give anyone. And I'm curious in terms of the tool that you mentioned a bunch of events and other virtual events, what tools have you found to be the most effective in terms of getting your message out for either the trade or consumers? You know, first of all, I think what we found is while there are some specific tools and platforms that we surely engage in, it's important to have a comprehensive approach. You know, as social media has grown, we've seen so many people just focus on social media and maybe now neglect some of the more traditional ways that we used to market. So we're trying to make sure that we're hitting all those platforms, some of the traditional ones, whether that's print, whether that's uh, personal engagement, things of that nature, panels, even pre-pandemic. I've been on many, many different panels that were live, all the way down to, of course, as we see with social media, there's always a new platform or a new way to communicate digitally out there socially. And our team surely makes sure that we're involved in that, whether it's engaging with influencers out there or our own platforms that we use. But I think the main thing for us is making sure we're covering all the bases and coming up with a comprehensive marketing approach that touches all of those platforms. And you mentioned that you have a separate foundation that supports local charities. Can you tell us about that and what impact it has and how it's funded? Absolutely. Our, our foundation was founded in 1988, but kind of sat dormant for quite a while. And in just the past five years or so, we obviously in Sonoma County, whether it be through wildfires and floods and, and other challenges that we've had and now the pandemic, the need, like in many places across America and the world, has really been dramatic. So our foundation, through the generosity of our vintners and so many others, has really taken the lead on assistance here. We've raised over $37 million to this date, and all that money stays right here in Sonoma County. And whether it's working with, as I said just last year, over 85 different nonprofit organizations that work all across Sonoma County, whether they're education oriented, whether health and human services oriented, the environment or arts, 
Our foundation, like I said last year, funded over four million just in that program. It also we did food drives for individuals in the industry that needed that assistance. We also, of course, as I said, came up with the restaurant and winery hospitality workers fund that helped over six hundred individuals. And then through our foundation right now related to the vaccine, what we've been able to do through our emergency relief fund is we've not only put over ten thousand dollars to a number of healthcare organizations here for PPE and protective equipment during the vaccine process, but we've also provided iPads. What we noticed at many of our vaccine clinics when they were first starting is registration was being done on paper. And then, of course, you have to get two vaccines. So trying to coordinate that next vaccine a month from now at a different location with papers, that was not going really well. So we've come in and provided over 25 iPads to a number of vaccine sites and to see how that was an impact is amazing. And just this week, we also provided a pharmaceutical grade freezer that helps keep that vaccine at the appropriate temperature on site. So it doesn't have to be disposed of or whatever, as we know shortages in vaccine are common across the United States. So we can help eliminate that with that freezer. And there's many other things that we're doing as well. So our foundation is an integral part of what we do here at Sonoma County Vintners, and we're very proud of it. And, and to see how our vintners engage each and every year through their generosity is really inspiring, to be honest. So with 85 different charities that you're supporting, is that an evolving list and it changes every year based on, you know, what's happening? It sounds like obviously pandemic vaccine related things are happening now, or is it the same 85 every year? You know, it does evolve each year, and we work with the Community Foundation here in Sonoma County to help get that list every year. And it can evolve because of some group's mission has been completed or we have funded that particular program to its fruition. So it varies each year. The number goes up. I'm sure we'll be doing more this year than we even did last year. We do have some programs that we make a multi-year commitment to. For example, we're just coming off a five-year commitment to literacy here in Sonoma County to really move that needle in the literacy realm. That was a five-year commitment to a number of different educational groups here. And then, of course, to be able to follow that up with studies and surveys to see how that needle moved. So you have one-year commitments, and then you'll have a handful of multi-year commitments as well. So, Michael, with every guest on our show, we ask them for a lasting trend in a fizzling fad. And so a lasting trend is something that we'd love for you to reference. Like, what do you think is happening with either the wines of Sonoma or Sonoma County Vintners? What do you think is on the uprise and going to be lasting for years and years ahead? How about the quality of our wines? I don't necessarily (laughs) think that's a trend, but I can tell you, even through as much challenges as Sonoma County has had in the past few years, to see the dedication, the commitment, and literally, we're talking vineyard workers and winery workers going into fire areas to make sure the wine is as best as it can be. I mean, so that commitment has been extraordinary. I mean, I've seen it. I've been there with them. And I'm not trying to give a cute answer, but I do think that type of commitment you're going to continue to see forever here in Sonoma County, surely because of the passion that our families put into it each year. That sounds like a great lasting trend to me. I mean, like people seem to have a negative impression of the word trend, but it's, yeah. it's literally like year after year, the wines do keep getting better, at least from the ones I've tasted. And I'm really impressed in terms of what's coming out of Sonoma. And then I think, you know, it kind of related to that is, of course, we surely hope that the international awareness of Sonoma County and the quality of our wines continues as well. And and that's obviously part of our job to make sure that that happens. But we surely see that happening and we're very excited about that. 
So on the flip side of that, what do you see as a fizzling fad? What do you think that's something that was popular, but is going to be on the decline in the coming year or two? Boy, that's a hard question. We don't have a lot of things on the decline. I think what's interesting, and again, I know you guys probably don't want me to do this, but it's not necessarily a fad. But what I think is being worked out, and it's going to be fascinating to see how it turns out, is some of the delivery systems for wines. You see wines in cans now. You see wines on tap. There are multiple ways to get wines to consumers that consumers are saying, you know, I don't want to deal with this bottle at the beach. I don't want to do this or that. There's bag wine. So to see how all of those new delivery systems, not only how the consumer reacts to them, but how they treat wine. Are they a good delivery system? And some of them have been proven pretty good so far. I mean, you can go to some great restaurants here in Sonoma County and get a glass of wine on tap, and it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Uh, And there's a great selection, too. So I think that delivery system for wines is going to be something to really look at and to see how that shakes out as we move forward. Well, that's great. Those are two great insights. I'm actually glad you went in the packaging and delivery method as the bottle is maybe the fad (laughs) in terms of that. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's great. Definitely a lot more environmentally friendly, which I know is a big thing in Sonoma as well. Michael, thank you for joining. I really appreciate all the insights that you've shared about Sonoma County Vintners. Peter and I both greatly appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time. It was truly my pleasure. A lot of fun, guys. Anything we can do, give us a call. We'd love to be back on again. Sounds great. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining us. If you loved this episode of X Chateau, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, cheers.